the summoning hour. Hello, and welcome to the first Check Your Six segment of the summoning hour. This is going to be a weekly recap and briefing of the next week's matches going into the Collegiate R6 League. On top of that, I'm going to be adding in interviews with the Collegiate R6 squads, and that'll be the basis of setting up for a stream where I will be playing casual matches with that group. I'm excited about this opportunity to highlight these squads, get a little more personality in with them, and find out more about what makes these squads tick and see what their success is going to be like, see how they handle failure, and see how they can grow over this nine-week season of Collegiate R6 and hopefully follow some of them into the playoffs and follow them on their journey, whether they're on stream or off stream, get some VODs and get some clips and hopefully be able to fulfill and create a good experience around the content coming from all of the teams, not just the ones who are highlighted specifically. Now, I've already recorded one that was with the Washington State University guys, but if you watch the stream that I put out a couple weeks ago, you'll see and hear, unfortunately, all of the audio quality issues that I was having with my setup. No idea how that was happening, but I fixed it. And unfortunately, those guys, that episode was just my blunder and my fault. So I'll have to have them back on and we'll go back through and play some more. But the first episode is going to be an interview with University of North Carolina, Chapel Hills, R6 squad. So here's the interview. Check it out. And if you're interested on checking out the gameplay VOD, go to my Twitch account, my Mixer account, or my YouTube at Warlocker Call. And it'll be the latest video or near the nearest video, depending on when this finally goes out. your opponent last night uh, i see ecu but that could mean mean any number of colleges that i'm aware of uh east carolina university there you go so a little bit of a, a home hometown rumble going on mm, sort of yeah they've actually been in the season before i think it was the fall season we just like formed during the fall so we got to miss that season but we just started playing in this season so we thought to be more of a uh a little know-how than we were. But it sounded like it was pretty clean. What, 7-3, two maps in a row? Yep, 7-3 Villa, 7-3 Border. With uh, us being defense first on Villa, and then us being attack first on Border. Now, what was that? What was So, as you mentioned, like this is your guys' first season going into Collegiate R6. What was some of the preparations that you guys had to do? Because I can imagine that there was a, maybe a sense of having to catch up 
to other colleges who competed last season? What was what was the mindset going into getting ready for this season? I think the biggest um, mindset that we had during this was, okay, we aren't like diamond level players. We're not bolos. We're not skittles. We're not godly noobs. So we're not going to be as aim heavy as other teams, but we need to compensate for that with intricate strategies. And so we've tried to base our map picks and like our comfortable map picks based around strategies. Like for example, consulate, not a very like strategical map. It's more of aim battles and, like taking room control but like with villa or with border there are other intricate strategies that you can run to take sites rather than just taking aim duels to take control per room okay so i mean that was i mean how long ago did you guys form and how long did you actually have to practice this kind of methodology for approaching the season um, I believe we fully formed in the in the end of November, beginning of December. And so we took that winter break to start forming plans. And then we took January to also think about what we should do for each maps, what maps we definitely know we don't want to play, what operators we should never play, what operators we're comfortable with. Took that time to flesh out our roles, took that time to figure out what everyone needs to improve on. And I mean, besides that, we just took it to like, play together as a team, get to know each other, how we play, like what our strengths and our weaknesses are, and like pair people based on that. And that sounds like a really practical approach to things. Now, as the season goes on, there's going to be more video footage out there of your opponents that you didn't have at the beginning of the season. There's going to be more of that clicking and getting used to the meta that's going on. But how do you think that the professional scene is going to change your approach to trying to win this collegiate tournament? Well, definitely, like, looking at ESL Pro League games or even these upcoming invitational finals, there might be some, like, strategies that we don't even think of. So we could, like, take those from those teams, modify them to our strengths, and then use them against other teams. But probably... I would say about at least 40-50% of the teams will also be watching and taking notes. So they might see that coming. So we're going to have to like really, I guess, tinker with those strategies and not make it so cookie-cutter just like, let's say, G2 does an intricate strategy against EG or something like that. We don't want to just instantly replicate exactly what they did because everyone's going to see that coming. Everyone watched the finals. I mean, come on now. So instead, we're going to have to kind of tinker it, modify it into a way where the opponent won't see it coming. Or they will, but they'll think it's just like G2 strategy, but we'll have like an upper hand in some sort of way, like somebody playing at a different angle, somebody holding from below, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's and it gets really complicated as soon as you start trying to play around an idea of a strategy, because, I mean, as you said, like peeking through the floor or from the ceiling, whatever the location is, like it changes room by room and map by map, especially so how do you handle introducing complexity to the team? And you guys have had like two months to really just kind of get squared away and get comfortable playing, let alone being strategic and tactical. So with the complexity, how do you balance the complexity versus what your team is capable of right now? We make it so that the the people who know the complexities the best, like the people who I would say are the most consistent or like are the best at like holding angles or fragging, should be the ones to deal with those complexities. The ones who not so much, 
you know, can't handle like shooting somebody through a floor, like they hit the, the metal beams a lot or like shooting somebody through like a small peak hole, you keep those on site because if you have everybody off site that can just come around, come back to site or flank that are really good at holding complex, intricate angles or doing intricate strategies, then you're more likely well off to take control of the outer side of the map and then just collapse onto the attacking team rather than just letting them come straight to the site. Maybe win one or two in an aim duel while they're trying to take the site, but like your worst players are off the site. So essentially, we keep the best players to do the complex strategies, and I would say the lesser so. I wouldn't say worse because you know it's our team. I'm not going to be mean like that. But like the people who don't know the complexities like as much, you keep them towards site, but you also give them a little bit to work with. You know, it's just not just like sit in this corner and don't shoot. It's like sit in this corner, but you do what you think is best, and your teammate will cover you as much as you need, as long as you give the right calls. That makes a lot of sense, and going forward like how do you expect things to kind of change with the team i mean everyone's going to be growing in their execution of, of your strategies that you plan for or even being able to kind of go off script of a, a plan and play more of that instinct game that they think is right once everyone's more in line with each other but how do you think that like where do you think that your team is going to end up by the end of this season if like you can keep it all together there's no crazy emergency circumstances, that kind of stuff. And like your squad stays intact during the whole season. What do you think is like that final form of the season for you all? I think we're going to be a really good team in terms of consistency. Consistency is going to be a big issue, but if we, we're going to be playing like, you know, week after week after week. So we're going to start having to get more consistent or else we're going to like you know lose those matches or lose a map and then have to go one to one which is beneficial for us. So over time we're going to develop a the know-how to battle certain teams especially with videos coming out. We're going to develop more consistency with how we play instead of it just being like oh I miss I always get these shots but why am I missing them now? It's going to be like you hit those shots every single time. You know exactly you know the angles on this map. You know the most common spots people hold on this map. You know the most important rooms to control for this map. It's going to be consistency in both of aim and mindset. That is pretty much the perfect answer that I was looking for. I mean, that, that's keeping everything pretty much in line with what you want to hear, as well as just being practical in that application as well. So. I I think that that's a great place to be and a great mindset to start the season with. Um, now, I mean, that, that's in itself. You guys had your first match last night and you pulled out, you made the, you got the W. Now, what does that, how, how does that validate all of your preparation that you led up in the last two months? And what are some of the things that you're like, yes, we still need to double down on that or we still need to focus on that. I don't want you to give away any of your strategies or your weak points because I don't want anyone else to have an unfair advantage. But like, what are, what were you, what was your main takeaway from last night's match? I think, honestly, a lot of our strategies really came true to form. A lot of them like just worked out because A, no one's really seen them before and B, not a lot of people expect what we pulled out during that match. And also, our information 
was definitely on point, and that was one of our cornerstones of winning both Villa and Border. It wasn't even aim duels. It wasn't even having map control. It was the fact that we called out to each other everything that was going on. There was no missed calls. There was no, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you this guy is there. Or, oh, sorry, I heard this guy, but I didn't want to call it out. Everything that we heard, we called it out, and that made us win so many key rounds. Like, for example, 1v4 on, what was it? We were defending library. It was a 1v4. Our maestro was the last one on site. He was in the vault area in library. He gets a kill outside of library. Cool, that's what everybody's telling through people to deal with. He, like, we hear sort of a blowtorch sound, so we call out, hey, this might be a maverick. He looks towards the maverick hole. Guy's dead. So there's two left. It's a glass and a jackal. The glass smoke glass doesn't smoke in the site for some odd reason. Maybe he was out of smokes. I don't know. But he pushes in. We call glass is in right side. The jackal pushes in after him. We call jackal left side. The glass just starts planning. The mitro takes out the glass, and then we call jackal left side. He kills the jackal. We win that round. That round should not have been won, but since we had the information and the know-how on when to call and how to call, that's why we won that round. So I think our information was our best thing in both Villa and Border. I love that example because it just shows how important Intel is in Rainbow Six. Like, it's not so not so much important. It is important, but it, I don't think it has as much as that tactical impact on other games like Counter Strike. Uh, but like, this is so much more about that Intel and all the angles of entry and all the different ways. Whoa, we just got hosted. Nice. <laughs> That's loud in my ears. Feedback number one for this stream. <laughs> oh, here it comes. That laugh is amazing. I'm not sure if you heard that. Um, oh, I, I heard that. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's one thing that I really like is that even if you're dead, you're able to give intel to your team and like you can still participate as a team. The, the Every round is team-based, whether you're dead or alive. Just the amount of impact you can have is changed. And I, I've been curious about how much teams prioritize the information gathering and communication because i mean in some games you have too many people talking that's really distracting and you end up falling over each other and someone misses something because someone else was talking now with a five-person squad it's tight it's purposely slow gameplay just to kind of build this up i think they've added some great pacing to allow communication to happen what if you were to prioritize like communication intel gathering and gunplay and then map knowledge where would you stack that in one to four honestly i would say aim play is like bottom because aiming is nice and everyone will admit that like having a good fragger on the team is amazing but it's not any key priority because a fragger doesn't do anything if you're holding a really odd angle if they don't know where you are then you're just gonna you're just gonna lose that fight so i think number one would be communication and then right next to it, Intel Gathering. Because the comms need to be clear and concise, but like it has to be just enough information for you to relay there's a person in this location, but it can't be like you're rambling, but it also can't be like, I saw a guy. That's too vague. We don't know where that's coming from. Our teammates might lose that round because of that. So you have to keep a good middle ground in that info. So it's like, hey, I saw a cav go through trophy. Hey, I saw a bandit in mudroom. 
He might be – like if you have an instinct, you can call it out, but your teammates will disregard that most likely. But it's still good to like give like a sort of instinctual call. Like I saw him running towards, I guess, the northwest. So he might be going towards the north stairs or the main stairs. So I would say communication, intel, map knowledge, and then aim, aiming essentially. Okay. I can, I can totally follow that train of thought too because when I first picked up the game, like – I could not aim worth a damn with a number of the characters and or operators. And I wasn't having much success as a fragger. But as soon as I found Twitch, not only was I being effective with the shock, shock drones, like taking out deployables even early in the round or even mid-round, that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, I got a good deployable working for me. But then also the F2 is just an amazing gun. As soon as you start finding consistency and being able to survive the initial part of a round and get more of those rounds under your belt, it's easier to find other guns that kind of click with that. If you had to pick a favorite operator, who's yours? That, that's a tough one. Like In terms of aesthetics, I would just like, just aesthetically speaking, Echo, I love his design. I love, I love his Pro League skin. I have the whole thing, the whole shebang. However, I think my favorite operator in terms of both our team play and just in general, Legion, definitely. He is the most valuable in terms of intel because those goo mines, he has, even though he, he has to wait till they cycle to get eight of them, just the popping of like the glass breaking is so, so useful, especially when you're clutching. Like you, you don't know if somebody's coming metal detector. You don't know if somebody's coming fountain, but then you just hear the pop of the glass and the scream of the operator and you go, oh, I know where they are. They're coming that way. He's like he's just so essential to any defense and like anything that doesn't use him, I would say would be at a loss. It's perfect you mentioned him because it's right as the Legion highlights coming up or a Legion plays on the VOD. I guess I just have really good timing. Or you're watching the stream, one of the two. <laughs> I'm stream sniping you. Now, actually, you know what? I I must apologize. My my uh, cur- common courtesy is has been forgotten. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh, it, it's fine. It's fine. My name is David Justice Romero. I'm a student at UNC Chapel Hill studying psychology with a minor in comp sci. I am the head of Rainbow Six Siege, both Division One, Division Two team, as well as the head of the whole group for esports organization. I'm one of the uh, the board members. I just created. I pretty much like. I pretty much single handedly kind of created the community this like August. Whenever I joined the esports club. So I've had to use most of my fall semester to start gathering people who want to play Siege and, you know, actually care about the game. And slowly but still even working my community up, and now I've actually got a team. So we have Division 1 team and Division 2 team. Division One's the one that I'm on. Division 2 will also be playing next week, should be. And, uh, yeah, that's me. I'm just your average Puerto Rican gamer nerd. Well, welcome to the fam of nerds. We we love our R6 here. We love our games here, so it's cool to hear more people joining their esports clubs. Uh, and I'll have to talk to you and any of the other founders or president of your group down the line and get a full, full intel sweep of what the club is like, and put that out on the podcast. Now, is there anyone else that you want to highlight about your squad? You highlighted Bobby Ross a little bit earlier off stream about his ridiculous deagle knife skills. And his nineteen and one run was it? Yeah, nineteen and one on. Uh, we were playing Road to SI nineteen and one on Oregon, 
with only using the deagle on both attack and defense and the knife, and that's it. And nitro, I guess, if you want to count that. <laughs> Still, that's disgusting. Now, is are, what other players can you highlight? Who who have you found to have your specialist roles on the squad? I'll just I'll go through everybody. I mean, do it. So let's see. We have Bobby Ross, who is Gabe. He's one of my best friends back from when we lived in Fayetteville together. He is our main Rome Hunter slash Fragger. He's one of our best consistent Fraggers. We have Sir Novus, who is Cam, who is our main anchor. He's also a consistent Rome Hunter who's secondary with Gabe. He is one of our key fraggers, honestly. And he's very, very consistent, so he's really dangerous. Like, there's rarely a game where he's, like, bottom or even second to bottom. He's always at least in the middle. He's always getting those key frags on site. Then you have Croatian Koala. And, yes, he is Croatian. His name's Adrian. And I guess you would say he's our main support on attack. And then on defense, he's our main roamer. And he's very key in both, like, droning information and helping me to attack certain rooms, like, let's say, CCTV on border or even Fountain on border. Him and I always go in together. We have Andrew, who is sweet fan one underscore. Yes, like the sweet life of Zach and Cody. That That is his meme. He is our designated hard preacher slash secondary anchor role. While, like, he's not really on the fragger end of things he's more of on the supportive side and like he's very key in us taking rooms especially because he's always there to trade out those frags or at least to go in first and figure out intel even if he dies and then i i would say i'm a mixture of uh like a soft roam like you know closer to site like say i guess you could say near like study on villa that sort of example and i'm also the um main I I guess you could say flex for our team. Usually I go with uh, Adrian and Andrew to take any key rooms such as CCTV, like I said earlier. And I'm usually like even when I like die first, I'm always okay with it. I never like get angry because I as soon as I die, I just start making calls rapidly for my team. Like I like there's never a dull moment where it's like no comms. Oh yeah, you can't have that. You can't have like as soon as you die, like you have to put like I mean, in a competitive situation, anyways, you should put in, be putting your ego aside, anyways. But like, especially after you die, like you have no time in Rainbow Six to be like, well, crap, I died. Game over. I'll wait till next round. Like, if you really want to win, you can't have that kind of attitude. So, I mean, that's that's just good practice. That's best practices for R six. I mean, definitely, honestly, and, like, that's a lot of issues for, like, some teams is, like, they'll get tilted, you know, especially, like, when they die to, like, some stupid angle they didn't know existed, or, like, somebody's holding a really off angle, they just get spawn peaked, and then they just start getting tilted, and that's a big issue, and I guess even, like, a lot of collegiate teams, especially because the newer ones, they get tilted really easily. We used to have that issue back in, I would say, December, mid-January, but it's, like, as we like started scrimming and as we started like formulating like thoughts, we all just came together. And I'm pretty sure Cam was the one who said this. He's like, look, we all have to sit down and listen to each other. When we make a mistake, either call yourself out or call somebody else out. Don't make it harsh. Just make it concise. Say, hey, you did this wrong. Just do it better next round. We'll have it next round. Don't worry about it. Don't get mad at yourself. And that mindset really helped us to stay strong on Villa and Border whenever we lost we lost a round. Because I'm pretty sure 
on Villa at least, whenever we lost a round, we didn't lose a round immediately afterwards. We just we we rectified that mistake. We fixed what was wrong with our team comp, and we went right back into it. There you go. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite parts about good teamwork is that that level of radical candor of just being able to say something that other people might find offensive but knowing that it's for the best part of your relationship with that person on your team and it's actually going to build the communication that much farther that much faster it's also going to just straight up build your gameplay because people are going to know hey i got called out on this last time i shouldn't do that again now let's see do you know who your opponent is next week yet? Um, I believe it is University of Maryland. Uh, I think I forget, but it's like it's called UMBC. I forget like the whole title, but that's Baltimore County. Yep. Yeah. They were on stream on Friday. They looked pretty good. They did get swept pretty hard by um, who were they playing? Now I can't remember. Was it Kennesaw? I don't. I don't I remember. I think it was Kennesaw. I don't remember, but you know what? With your seven to three showing, and they're I think they had back-to-back 7-2 losses like it's going to be a close game but who knows maybe their strategies are are just kind of a, a different matchup for you so i'll be looking forward to watching that hopefully there will be more vods and streams send me your clips i will definitely be pumping those out as i can across social media and the you guys would be some of the first that i get so first come first serve for sure oh definitely we have a stream of information for you my friend perfect now, how about we get into some casuals? All right, you want me to invite the guys in here? Whatever works best for you guys. Wait, actually, you um you joined the um what was it? You joined our server, right? Yeah, I did. Did you put yourself as Rainbow Six Siege in the roles? I had not. I just tossed myself in there real quick. Because I'm pretty sure all of them are already in that UNC Discord chat, so we could literally just join them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, tag up as R6, and I'll join you guys there. All right. See you there. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. Video games and esports are huge industries, and I'm sure you know someone who knows someone who wants to get into either of those spaces. And I believe that this podcast will bring value to them and insight and help when they feel like they need it let them know to check it out at anchor.fm slash the summoning hour if they like it or if you like what you hear you can download the anchor app and leave feedback directly for me and it'll get incorporated into the podcast alternatively you can reach me at warlocker call all one word on twitter and instagram and twitch and mixer or two words on facebook and youtube Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time on The Summoning Hour.